This is Rhema for Today. Until I came to the gates of hell, and no one told me, but I knew one more step, one more step, and I was gone forever, and I could not come back. And that voice from heaven spoke and said, well, I don't really know what it said, because it wasn't in the English language, it's in the foreign tongue. But whatever it said, whatever the voice said, it echoed through that place and shook it like an earthquake was on. And that creature took his hand off of my arm and an irresistible pull like a suction pulled me back away from the gates of hell till I stood in the shadow of darkness and then pulled me up out of that place head first. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan wraps up his testimony, I Went to Hell. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. I'd like for you to turn with me one more time to the 16th chapter of Luke, and we shall begin to read with the 19th verse. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great guff fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father, Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Henry Ward Beecher said, the loving, the gentle, the sympathetic, the sacrificial Savior, who loves sinning men so much that he came to die for them. He calmly, deliberately, over and over again, did teach his disciples in such a way that they at that time, and since then, the great body of the church have believed that he meant us to understand that there is a future state of punishment and that it is so great and dreadful a thing that all men should with terrible earnestness flee from it. He announced the fact he did not reason upon it, nor point out its place in a system of moral truth, nor give it philosophical definition, nor consider objections to it, nor attempt to reconcile it with any theory of divine power. He raised his hand to the sky to draw aside the curtain, and there, right before his hearers, 
rose the dark grandeur of future retribution. He bore witness to it as a fact. When I doubt the teaching of hell, therefore it will be because I doubt the divinity of Christ. These are the words of Henry Ward Beecher. Well, we believe that there is a hell because Jesus taught it. The Word of God teaches it. But then, you know, I know that there was a hell to shun and a heaven to gain if I didn't have a Bible. Somebody said, how would you know? Well, on the 22nd day of April, 1933, Saturday night at 7.30 o'clock in the city of McKinney, Texas at 405 North College Street in the South Bedroom, my heart stopped beating within my bosom and left my body. I remember I'd said to my grandmother after I'd been twice down into that place, Granny, I said, I'm going the third time. And as we say in the world, the third time's charm. And I'll not be back this time. My heart stopped beating within my bosom and I felt the blood as it ceased to circulate. First, way down the end of my toes, my feet, my ankles, my knees, my hips, my stomach, my heart. And then I had the sensation of just simply leaping out of my body as a diver would leap out of a, off of a diving board into a swimming pool, or these skydivers would leap out of the airplane and begin to fall. And so when I leaped out of my body, I began to descend down, 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 down. The further down I went, the blacker it became. I looked up and saw the lights of the earth. The earth puts off a certain amount of light. Finally, the light of the earth above me faded away, and darkness encompassed me around about. Darkness that's darker than any night that man's ever seen. Darkness that seemed to be so dense that if you'd had a knife, you could have cut a chunk of it out. Darkness that was so dark you couldn't have seen your hand if it was one inch in front of your face. And the further down I went, not only the dark it became, but the hotter it became. Until finally I could see, again, fingers of light flickering on the wall of darkness. And I thought, this is the third time, and I won't come back this time. And Why am I going here? And I cried out, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water, and I listened for him to answer me, but there was no voice. Only the echo of my own voice, as it echoed through that cavern like your voice would in a cave. And the second time I cried out, God, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. But again, there was no answer. And the third time, I literally screamed, God, God, I belong to the church. I've been baptized in water. And I listened for an answer, and all I could hear was the echo of my own scream as it echoed through the blackness. Let me say it again, men and women. I believe in belonging to the church. I believe in being baptized in water. But it'll take more than belonging to the church. It'll take more than being baptized in water to miss hell and go to heaven. Jesus said you must be born again. After you are born again, you can be baptized in water. After you're born again, I believe in joining the church and then banding together with other believers to work for God. But you must be born again. I came to the bottom of that pit the third time, and that creature met me, and I saw the giant orb flame with the white crest of hell, and like a magnet it drew me until I came to the gates of hell, and no one told me, but I knew one more step, one more step, and I was gone forever, and I could not come back. And that voice from heaven spoke and said, well, I don't really know what it said, because it wasn't in the English language, it's in the foreign tongue. But whatever it said, whatever the voice said, it echoed through that place and shook it, 
like an earthquake was on, and that creature took his hand off of my arm, and an irresistible pull like a suction pulled me back away from the gates of hell till I stood in the shadow of darkness and then pulled me up out of that place head first. Now, my experience of being brought back from the dead is not new. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Also, Jairus' daughter and the widow's son, Jesus raised from the dead in his earth ministry. The apostle Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. And the apostle Paul raised a young man from the dead. Others down through church history have had similar experiences. And so why shouldn't someone today have a similar experience? I believe God raises people up just especially to give testimony to this. I remember as I came up out of that place the third time, I began to pray. My spirit began to, and, and really when I say my spirit, your spirit is a real you and my spirit's a real me. I began to call upon God uh, that he would have mercy upon me, a sinner, that he would forgive me of my sins and that he would cleanse me. And I accepted him and confessed him and took him as my savior. And you know, it was just like a heavy burden rolled off my chest. I felt like a two-ton weight had rolled off of me. I felt so wonderful in my spirit. I didn't feel wonderful physically. The doctors had already been called. One had already come in. Another was right on his heels. They said I had to die. They didn't tell me, but they told my folks. I remember I said to my mother, there was something to paper, something I wanted to look at. And she said, no, son, you can look at it in the morning, tomorrow. And I said, Mama, I won't be here in the morning. Now, I thought I'd go that night, but it didn't bother me anymore. It means something, friends, to be ready to go. And I was ready then to go. You know, the Bible teaches us that the righteous are in a conscious state of bliss and that the unrighteous are in a conscious state of torment between death and the resurrection. And this is proven by the Word of God. Jesus, the Son of God, gave us a true story as we have read to you. It's recorded in the 16th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. As I've said, some people have said to Jesus that this was a parable, but Jesus didn't say it was a parable and is not listed with the parables. But on the contrary, he said there was a certain, certain, certain rich man. He said there was a certain beggar. The word certain means for sure. And Abraham, a historical character, is mentioned by name. Lazarus has his name given. These are not imaginary characters. This is a literal fact. Told in the most solemn language, and we must either believe what Jesus says or disbelieve him and go to hell ourselves. Jesus preached more about hell than did Moses, David, Isaiah, Paul, Peter, John, or anybody else in the Bible. To him, hell was a fact, a horrible fact. With holy indignation, Jesus preached against sin. And with most solemn warning, he urged men to flee from the wrath of God to come. I suggest you read, I don't have time, but I suggest you read Matthew 5, 22, Matthew 10, 28, Matthew the 13th chapter. The 40 through the 42nd verse. 13th chapter of Matthew, verse 49 and 50. 23rd chapter of Matthew, the 33rd verse. 25th chapter of Matthew, the 41st verse. And then the 46th verse. Then Mark, the 9th chapter, the 43rd through the 49th verse. Then read Revelation, the 20th chapter, the 11th through the 15th verse. True Bible preachers who love the Bible and love your soul must preach about hell. If they don't believe in hell, then they don't believe the Bible. They are deceivers going to hell themselves. Yes, friends. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. God has made provision for you to do so. That is, shun hell and go to heaven. If you will, it's left up to you. You say, well, what must I do? Well, Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon him right now, just like I did that night. And ask him to have mercy upon me and save me. And he did it, and he'll save you too. And you can shun hell and make heaven your home. You're listening to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life, so visit us today at rhema.org. 
That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's very special offer. First in this offer is the book by Kenneth Hagen entitled Built to Last. Also the book from Reverend Lynette Hagen, Along the Way, and the CD, The Love Walk by Kenneth E. Hagen. All this for the special price of $19.95. Don't delay. Call today toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, actually, Sunday is International Rama yeah, Day. Yeah, on uh, Sunday. Yeah, what is International Rama Day? Well, International Rhema Day is a day when businesses, churches, people uh, pledge to pray for Rhema, yes. the Bible school, mm-hmm. and then they support Rhema by sending an offering on International Rhema Day. They come in from all over the world. I mean, That's this right. is this they come in from everywhere. And then the, the third thing, you share... Rama Bible College with somebody that yes. you feel like would be interested in coming to Rama Bible College. So that's, that's right. what it is. Pray for Rama, support with a one-time offering. And listen, if you missed it, you can still visit us at rama.org yes. slash IRD. That's and, right. And you can do this anytime. Anytime that's, during that's the year. A, anytime during the year. That's up. Okay. Monday, Kenneth E. Hagen will start a new week of teaching from the Rama Archives. That's Monday, here on Rama for Today Radio, with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. We're looking forward to you being with us next week. Have a great weekend.